one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello! And welcome to the AEW Dynamite preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Amplot and Michael Sidgwick, here to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review AEW Dynamite, but also AEW Rampage, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh! Pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bigger quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to look ahead to Dynamite tonight. And a quick thanks to Sidgwick and Scott Tailford of the brilliant What Culture Gaming podcast, available right now wherever you get your podcasts from, for reviewing Rampage. Really nice to get a different perspective on that, Sidge. How are you feeling about tonight's Dynamite, though? Not particularly excited on more than one front. The general vibe of the last however many weeks of Dynamite, and this is not a hot take, has been absolutely tremendous in-ring action. MGF Danielson, particularly last week, is really heating up. Everything else, story-wise, I'm just not into. Mox Hangman, yes, Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are others at the top of my head, but it's not February 2020. (laughs) It's not the summer of 2021. The in-ring action has never, ever been hotter no. or better, but I'm still lacking the trifecta. Tonight, I really want some out-of-nowhere, whoa, oh, that's happening at Revolution. That's the feeling I want, just to reiterate. I want to feel this exact thing tonight when I watch the show or tomorrow morning. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's happening at Revolution. Tits. That sounds like the absolute. <laughs> that sounds like the absolute tits that does. Yeah, I haven't had that yet outside of the MGF Danielson stuff. A week is ages. I was going to say a week is ages in wrestling, but I realise a week is ages in AEW because, uh, yeah, thanks to Scott specifically for saving me and Wilborn from having to watch. I mean, <laughs> remind ourselves what happened on Rampage from Friday, and like there was think, one good thing. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Like brand loyalty with WWE because it's just been around longer. Right, if nothing else, is such that one good thing could happen on WWE television. And like for years, there wasn't even really that. One okay thing would happen. And it's going to be like, well, there's uh, two hours, 55 minutes of Raw, another two hours of SmackDown, but that five minutes get me to next Monday. Like, one of the best in-ring episodes of a television show ever last Wednesday. Well, that was seven days ago, and I don't have the brand loyalty instilled to me in AW. It's only four <laughs> years old. Come on, AW, put your finger out and give us a better dynamite. It's ridiculous. It when, is ridiculous. When I think about it. Like, we talk about it's okay to apply. 
It is okay to apply different expectations to these things. Like WWE's got more money. Uh, WWE's got less money. I don't know. The, the billionaire that owns AEW is richer. But like the point is, it's like the expectations of AEW as a wrestling show are way higher. Yeah. WWE's got more money it can play yeah. with. One's a wrestling show, one is WWE. That's long yeah. been the case now, and you kind of want and expect different things from that. Um, but it is crazy that like last week's Dynamite, and this is me saying this, like last week's Dynamite just had this awesome in-ring and like a like a talking point if nothing else of a main event and loads of kind of like interesting directions that some of the some of which you weren't really expecting. And then seven days goes by and you look at this card and it is a bit bland on paper and you're thinking, what's happened to AEW? And then tomorrow morning, that old AEW. <laughs> you know, it's, it's so weird in that regard. But it's you know. normalised seminal. Yeah. It has yeah. normalised seminal. There was a period in 2021, even before the Fightful Select rumour or the all but confirmation as it turned out to be, where there was just an iconic moment that happened on that TV show every single week. Mm -hmm. They have normalised Seminole, and that is a problem. It is a problem. Do you think this is, yeah, this is because we've got two more Dynamites after this before Revolution. Jeez. Yeah. Do you think it's a sort of table-setting episode? Because it feels like there's big matches, obviously, some matches we're all very excited about seeing, but um, all we've got, I think, on the card for Revolution right now, we can assume, you know, a, a Jamie Hater match or whatever it may be. All we've got right now, I'm right in thinking, is Danielson MJF, yes? Yes, I'm waiting for some penny drops. Again, you've got an, uh, an idea of what is going to make it into Revolution, and so far those ideas are frankly uninspiring, or the vast majority of them are. Short of, you know, really juicing up Starks Jericho, which I find impossible, like... Oh, put God. me arse in Fenix window if I'm interested <laughs> in that match. Sorry, I'd like, I said to Murray earlier on, because like, we were talking about this, all of us in the office, about the size of the potential size of Revolution card. And I want to believe that this is going to be shorter because of the Iron Man match. I think Revolution, with the pre-show, had 15 matches last year. It can't be a 15-match card. It can't be 14 matches then an Iron Man match. You, you cannot do that. It's not Big Egg Wrestling Universe. You, like, no. However, I, I counted, I think it was like, seven other matches that would just be for titles, and then you've got to have a couple of personal disputes. Adam Cole's going to return. I'd forgotten about Jericho Starks, and that's a banker. And, that's uh, happening, whether I like it or not. Jericho Maybe was, it will be like 12 matches in an Iron Man. Friggin' hell. Jericho was not missing that paper. No. I'm just waiting for the penny to drop. I think there's two or three acts that are lacking a direction for the pay-per-view that only seem to be lacking a direction because there is one. We just haven't been advised of it yet. I want the penny to drop. Mm. I want that awestruck realisation of what we're going to get with an Adam Cole or more pertinently, the elite. Yeah. Uh, let's start with the, they're in Laredo, Texas, with the Texas Tornado match. So, Sid, it is John Moxley and Claudio. Kick early, are we? Uh, versus <laughs> uh, Roosh and Preston Vance. I watched The Road to uh, Go and watch it for something else we'll get to in due course. Um, but... I like. The, I really enjoyed it this week because it, Preston Vance came across as one of those heels that's actually kind of justified. He painted his history of being ten in the Dark Order and, and his run-ins with Moxley throughout that of the the title eliminated tournament where Moxley <laughs> literally tore him a new one. Oh my god, that was. He's. Oh my god. Not quickly left. I, I got a daughter to get home. F this. That was amazing. The, his, I think it was his first match, he says, in AEW, where Moxley broke his arm with a chair to send a statement to the late, great Brody Lee. Um, but now, obviously, he's part of this LIJ. He's 
Uh, LFI. Oh, sorry, yeah. I always do that. Um, and he, he, they've got these issues with the with the BCC. Yes. Remind me what the issues are, the Danielson-related stuff. Yeah, they j- jumped him. And See, I don't like that because as far as I was aware, Danielson and the BCC mm. were, if not on the outs, then certainly it wasn't all smooth sailing. Yes. They had different opinions on what William Regal ultimately meant to them, and then William Regal had that ridiculous send-off, which kind of buried that lead and MGF's heat at the same time. Made a real mug of Danielson, that in hindsight, didn't it? See, I, you, later, see you later, Flower. We're mates, really. Terrible. Eh? Absolutely terrible. But if this match does exist because there are tensions resulting from Rusha's attacks on Danielson and all the rest of it, where were the BCC when Danielson was getting beaten down by Brian Cage? Mm-hmm. So there's more holes than I would like in this story, but... My God, this is going to be fantastic. That I have no doubt. We're in Laredo, Texas, correct? Indeed. Texas is the hottest state in AEW. They absolutely go mental for it there. It's a fantastic atmosphere. Working matches or this match in that throng of fans is going to be incredible. Moxley and Roosh have previous. This Mox and 10 or Pero Peregrasso or Lance, not, not Lance, <laughs> Preston, Preston Vance. Vance. I love the name Lance Vance. <laughs> watching Vance refrigerating. <laughs> one watching Vance actually give him a test for once mm-hmm. is going to be something. Roosh in a brawling context is amazing. Claudio's no slouch like the Claudio rampage in the stands. Yeah. Roosh Moxley, Vance Moxley. This has genuinely got the potential to be one of the best brawls in AEW history, provided it has enough time. And I know that might seem counterintuitive. A brawl can be over in a flash. You want it to not feel... You want it to feel rushed, but you don't want it to get to, like, quarter two and it starts sort of thing. Mm. Like, if this isn't... Yeah, it's... I'm talking it like nonsense here, but you know what I mean. Mm. You want it to feel like it could go... Long, mm. yeah. You want to, you want to have the security with this one because I think the the ceiling on this match is, I think, a lot more incredible than people are expecting. Yeah, I loved um, Rush's first like really great match of 2023 last week, and I'm looking forward to his last one this week. Like, really puts in a shift. This kicks ass, and then he's done. Just like this feud, just like this mini program, just like all of this. I, I'm, I'm working on a theory because I'm just trying to decide where I want the elite to fit into revolution, something, like a story, something. The, they've kind of, if the House, House of Blake stuff has been dropped or parked at very least, yes. there is a hangman page that sits between the Blackpool Combat Club and the elite due to his ongoing thing with John Moxley. I would take Moxley, Claudio, and Utah versus the elite at revolution rather than, like Moxley Hangman having another go around is fine, by the way. But I'm I've noticed that they've put these three back together lately. Again, uh, maybe just to illustrate the divide with Danielson. But uh, how many like of Roosh and Vance got? What's their number like all together? How many is in that group at this point that could theoretically come out and kick around after the match? Say like the Blackpool Combat Club win here, and then there's a heel beat down after the fact. Who, who could they bring out? Like have they got any more? Is it just the two of them at this Andrade's point? Andrade's still iced. Andrade's out, and he so that's a shame. Like if there was more allies. I was the assistant looks like an absolute piece. He does, that, yeah. But I was thinking, like, enough people to draw out Utah, and then at some point you've got these three that have won this, have kind of 
put this to bed because it was never really much to begin with. And then the three of them, like Moxley, almost stubbornly looking past Hangman Page to call out the elite, like with the three hardest in this company and you're swanning around with those belts and like we don't we don't think you're a challenge. We're gonna beat you, we're gonna take the titles. And just that let that be the closest sort of uh platonic ideal of the elite kind of just defending the title in cool matches and um, like the cool match being the story. We are the top guys and we want those titles. Got a spot for you. Is it physically impossible? No. Can I just say, <laughs> it's not the most uninspiring story, but we are the best in the division and we are taking on all comers. Is itself a story. Yes. It's not yeah, a yeah, great yeah. one, though. That's it's, Especially when the matches are as good as they are. I just don't want certain listeners to be, you know, thinking where we don't get it. Can we pivot? There's no other way to talk about the Elite on this episode. After, Sorry, I want one spot, yeah. So I'm not sure if you've ever noticed this before, but occasionally in his matches, Roosh likes to grab some cables outside and choke people. Yeah. But why not have... Sorry, Claudio. Wrap it around his throat, choking him. But then, you know, on this hard cam side, other side, oh, outside the ring, but on the other, same bit, staring into at his eyes, John Moxley choking out Preston Vance at the same time. And then those two <laughs> yes. together. Oh, I, I love that. that. Spot. Yeah, what are you going to say about the Elite, sorry? So there's no other window to talk about the Elite on this card, currently, is there? That's a bit so, annoying on a which, format level because you know they're not probably going to do anything beyond a backstage. Brandon's camera in a basketball skit. Like... There's talk online today, don't know why, about the elite, about contract statuses, about what they're up to. I haven't seen as to what they are. It's like always a thing with Twitter. You see a tweet that's reacting to something before you see the something. Mm, so wait, I what? <laughs> I haven't gone back and looked for the source material yet, but it's a relevant conversation because they're not featuring here and we're three dynamites out from Revolution. Yeah, including that's, this one, yeah. That's strange. Like, I, I, to Cedric's point, I think it is worth saying that. Like, every week I've come on here and kind of whinged a bit about the elite and the fact that Kenny Omega's not working singles after I've just praised the hell out of a match. Mm. That's the bit of a paradox, I think, with this elite run at the moment. House of Black was a story that they appear to have stopped telling, but that's not to say they're not going to pick that back up. I think I just... If they're just going to be this team that has unbelievable title defences, show me a graphic that is the most unbelievable one you've got for the pay-per-view. Like, And that's why I think the Blackpool Combat Club, if it can't be Planet Jarrett, like, that's why I think the Blackpool Combat Club one is the match, because Moxley's right there... Claudio's got his title. Like, Utah's the one they're supposed to be elevating through all of this anyway. It's probably the biggest box office pay per view trios match they can offer. So, show me that one in the same way you would show me Top Flight and Air Fox on a dynamite. Mm. At this point, and yes, I might get made a mug of in about what? 12 <laughs> hours? <laughs> At this point, and yes, I understand that they've had this big story with Death Triangle that didn't rely on exposition because they are so good at telling stories within the ring, and there was a subplot of Death Triangle, which the visa issues have kind of put... Uh, they asked that the Death Triangle beat the hell out of, like, Brandon. Like, they left him for dead, and they just never... The House of Black? Yeah. Oh, sorry, Death Triangle. I thought you were saying House of, House of Black, sorry. Uh, so, so I'm saying, like, so I'm trying to have perspective mm -hmm. and not be a goldfish and going charting this return run from the Elite since they came back at full gear. They've had this best of seven with uh, Death Triangle, People loved it or thought it was mid. Regardless, it happened. There was a lot of storyline progression mm -hmm. throughout. They just told all of the story exclusively in the ring. Beyond that, there's always been something within the elite that has formed part of this continuing long-term story that has spanned years, has spanned promotions, has spanned platforms. Where's that gone? I'm not getting a bit of it. 
the Don Callis Takeshita thing feels like it's been abandoned. Oh, yeah. I know that Hangman Page, and again, this might be my impatience rather than my analytical eye talking, but Hangman Page, once one of the Moxley matches was done with, was talking about how he needed the mental fences and they were teasing doing something there. It doesn't feel like they're telling this continuing story anymore. I don't know where the characters are. The last I saw, where there was properly elite stuff going on, was in late 2021, and Adam Cole was there, and the idea was that Kenny Omega had failed, and he said he needed to clear his head and sort some stuff out, and that the Young Bucks needed to hold down the fort. In parallel, the Young Bucks kind of gave the nod to our, of, of acknowledgement, I think man pages mm-hmm. to say, finish him. I finish him. Um, Kenny's never watched the tape. And then Kenny's not watched the tape. He promised to watch the tape, yeah. or he alluded to the fact that he was going to watch the tape. He said, I haven't watched the match back yet, but there should be tensions within the Elite. Mm. There aren't. Mm. There should be a wider story within the big saga in the Elite. It's not happening. It felt like, across 2021, um, that the Kenny Omega character basically led the Young Bucks astray. They didn't want to act the arseholes anymore, but... Kenny Omega kind of needed to to maintain his grip on the title. So they turned with the urging of Don Callis, and then the Elite were heels, and 2021 was great. I don't know if they're heels or baby faces anymore, and it's not the thing where it's so fluid with them or shades of grey that it can change, and the different characters within the big saga can have differing motivations from vantage points that you can understand. It just feels so undefined and so murky, not fluid, murky. Mm. It feels like the continuity isn't there. I hope I get made a mug of, but it doesn't feel like it's a bit elite verse. But at least with the elite verse, there was stuff going on yeah. in it constantly, all of the time. And I just, it does feel like they're there to have exhibition matches at the moment. And I'm, it's so beneath them. Cool. Like maybe laying out his revolution plans. There's going to be a the kingdom over there. Could that be it? Like, cause is that called revolution match? And then he tags in, and you get the Adam Cole back for a split second, but it's not against Kenny, and they hold on to that, and then they shake hands at the end, and like he's not got a match, and it would be nice to put those two things together because then it's one less thing to add to the card as well. I feel like I'm going to be made a mug of here. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, and they've not got nothing. This is the thing, isn't it? It's well, I've. Put friggin' WWE over for this with the bloodline. They've not got nothing. They've got a plan. Mm. Like they've not just thought. Like Tony Khan's like, oh bloody hell, there's three dynamites. I haven't got anything for the elite. They do. They will have I something don't think like that. Done a good enough job of the love teasing. What happened to the Easter eggs? What yeah, happened to that's... the constant like, look what we've got lined up? It was almost smoke. Yeah, for a lot of people, mm. I've seen none of that. Well, let's talk Adam Cole. He's sitting down with uh, Rene Paquette tonight. Obviously, he's alluded in those vignettes that he will return to the ring at Revolution. Yeah, how do you see him factoring into all this? I wouldn't mind that trios match. Uh, I'd like a gentleman's match where the kingdom are the, are the proper heels and they get a little bit scummy and they try and drag Cole into that. And he's like, no, these are my friends. It's nice to be back in the ring. It's a celebration, all that sort of thing. And you spin off something off there. Because we had this exact conversation when he did that awesome promo. Like, you wanted Adam Cole back in the ring that night. And even then, it was like, yeah, but against who? That was the tricky thing, wasn't it? There was like there was a, a few obvious names kicking around. Samoa Joe got named. And then Cedric was like, we don't want any of that. And I was like, oh, yeah, we don't. <laughs> yeah. Miro's nowhere to be found, but he'd be great and so on. Cole is kind of the de facto baby face. So if you were doing that elite trios, 
he'd be a babyface with a couple of other heels, etc., etc. So the long, like, long answer to a short question is, I still don't know, but I would like to have it on the Wikipedia page tomorrow morning. Yeah, I want to now start feeling like emotionally invested in what Adam Cole's doing, but I, I still cannot call it. That phrase is key to me, emotional investment. I am exhilarated as I've ever been by AEW in the ring, but I am feeling a lack of proper emotional investment in the product at large. Please do not get that confused for, oh, they're just putting on cold random matches with flips. I'm not one of those idiots. I am not. <laughs> but at the same time, they've been a better storytelling promotion than what they are currently. Mm. Uh, Sidge, what's next for Wardlow? He's got that sit-down with Jim Ross tonight. He has been... Well, Samojo threatened to expose him, I believe, on, on last week's Dynamite. It, presumably, they're, they're setting up another rematch between Joe and Wardlow for the TNT title. What's interesting here is that Wardlow quote-tweeted the AEW Twitter official account promoting the sit-down, and I believe Wardlow's very words. Let me go on Twitter and read this out. Two seconds. Fill the dead air for the, with a terrible joke, Wilborn. <laughs> well, I'll just say what else we've got coming up to, no, to no, talk no, about. Wanna, the people want a joke. Hamlet, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what type of bees make milk? Uh, I don't know, Wilborn. I feel like I might do, though. Boobies. <laughs> Wardlow says... <laughs> Dookie! <laughs> that was your tone there. Wardlow that. says... No. Wardlow, Wardlow says... <laughs> Boobies. Wardlow says... Stop me, Dad. This is going to get very personal. It's very real. And as a part of my life story, I've been wanting to talk about for a while. <laughs> I um, love that TNT title. <laughs> I love it more than anything. What's he talking about there? Don't know. I've got any idea. Um, but this Wardlow character, I can't speak to what he's going to talk about. He's promised something significant mm -hmm. there. And as a baby face, if he just says, I oh, know that top knot, man, I've been growing it out for about two years. <laughs> that's not going to cut it. Oh God, he like needs it's like a to tribute to like a sick relative or something. And when Joe did that, he cut off my last link to a family member or something like that. You know, like genuinely, I'm saying. All right. I don't know this, but what if that's like a? Oh yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like if he if he equates that to something that Smojo would have never in a million years realized he was doing with an action like that. This character, the Wardlow character, needs career, needs character rehabilitation or advancement. Doing the symphony and being the badass. That peaked. Mm -hmm. I think one of the reasons why Tony Khan didn't, even if he possibly should have, ramped him right in that main event title picture. Um, could have worked Punk or something back when he was at his hottest after um, Double or Nothing, was it? Yeah. He didn't. I wonder if he was scared that people have a certain expectation of the in-ring high end of the main event. Mm -hmm. It's been a bit of a discourse whiplash given the bloody sacred bloodline saga. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe, yeah. he's Maybe he's concentrated on the wrong thing and should have went with the hottest character in the company as opposed to what his 25-minute pay-per-view's main events would look like. Regardless, that version of Wardlow's peaked. I don't know if you try and humanize him now or what. That's certainly what he's indicating there. Um, I've got no idea where you go with Wardlow. It's a problem. Um, Tony Khan continues to be probably better at building characters than just having them be themselves after he's established them as just killer characters. So I don't know, but I do know that 
I'm not into the idea of that match going to Revolution as a TNT no. title match, unless it's stepped up in the extreme and they could do some... Because they did smoke and mirrors with Alan and Joe, and it was some of the best stuff I've seen on TV. And consider how great everything is on TV in the ring and AEW pretty much. They are going to suffer by contrast to that series unless they heavily stip this up and just bleed like stuck pigs. But I would save that for the main event of Revolution as well. What I will say for this is that Wardlow has tweeted him that out himself off the back of the promotion, which means that he's already sat down and recorded this with Jim Ross. So he'll be extremely happy with whatever they've delivered sitting there together. But... AW has a bit of a history with these Jim Ross and Rene Paquette sit-downs where you're like, right, what are they going to get into the weeds on? Thinking it's going to be like a mini podcast or something. Then it's like six seconds and Scallop goes, anyway, that was that. Maybe there'll be a match on Rampage with the Wardlow in. And it really like sort of undermines the, whatever messaging that compared to the, you always go back to the, is it the Hangman Kenny in the yes. books one with Jim Ross? Jesus Christ. It's that was like so good. spiritual sequel to Rock Austin, basically, the with tension, Jim Ross in the middle. The tension is so thick. Gotta they have count, the time right? to build the suspense. There are times when you cannot even hear what Hangman Page is saying because it's so off mic and so tutted and does he even want people to hear it or is he just speaking in such a naturalistic way? I go, uh, I think, I know I'm, this is a total tangent, but Matt Jackson said something like, I did not expect to be sitting across from them with those titles. You can barely hear him and Hangman Page goes, he wouldn't. And it's like this passive-aggressive yeah. tension, yeah. and it's awesome, and it's allowed to build, and they have not recaptured that a single time. Maybe when Hangman Page said, I'm, I feel head-to-toe like poison. Mm -hmm. But yeah, recently, it's like, yep, this is the most important moment of my life. Good for you, man. It's now time for rapper. <laughs> <laughs> Um, one thing we are really looking forward to tonight, Good for you. <laughs> Essentially what they say. Yeah. Nice one, asshole. Back to the wrestling. <laughs> Action. <laughs> Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. 
That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash WhatCulture. Uh, let's talk Mark Briscoe versus Josh Woods. Yeah. Uh, watch, yeah. The, watch the road to for this. Watch Rampage. Well, yes. For once. A good point, yeah. <laughs> Rampage first, then watch the road to because, I mean, surprise, surprise, Mark Briscoe is incredibly over in the what Culture office. It was a locker room sellout. Yeah. When you said, come on, boys, Mark Briscoe's on Rampage. Like, everyone who works in the wrestling team who was in dropped everything and watched Mark Briscoe because Mark Briscoe's the best. Mark Briscoe has apparently an IQ of 145. He plays this sort of backwards, like, knacker. <laughs> and he's so clever. I might be reaching bro, but I believe his character mm-hmm. is the fish out of water on national television because he's never been on national television mm. before. And it's a bit like a completely different, but kind of the same version of Eddie Kingston where he just doesn't get the pretensions of it. And he doesn't... I love, like, the naivety in his face when he got interrupted. Like, what? <laughs> this is my time to talk. What is going on here? And it's like, oh, bless you, Mark Briscoe. You're a fish out of water. You don't understand how this sort of wacky world works because you're too real and nice for it almost. And for as much as... Sorry to interrupt, but for as much as I've ranted about him in the past, the perfect juxtaposition of suited up lawyer Mark Sterling. Best ever. Mark Best ever Briscoe. performance. Best ever performance from Mark Sterling. The, again, like Tony Khan can tell f***ing stories, even if they're not that great at the minute. He knows how to have characters interact with each other to make it good into a story. God's sake, he's fed fans. I'm sorry, you didn't invent it. You didn't. Anyway, I thought that you wanted to make money for the first time in your career. Like Smart Mark Sterling's line readings here were phenomenal. Tony Khan realized, right, he is the complete opposite to yeah. this man, and they would make great TV-level sort of adversaries. Uh, this match should be really strong. Um, hopefully, it's the first of many victories for Mark Briscoe, who, let's be frank about this, I think there would be the insinuation from some bad faith actors that this is all sentiment, and they are not, I wouldn't say they're calculated, but Maybe some people would think that people like Mark Briscoe's character so much because of the uh, ins- like the unfathomable tragedy mm. he has endured. It can be column A, column B stuff because this guy is an absolute perfect all-rounder with a character that is beloved by people, that is piss funny, his work's unbelievable. Like, he could be singles champion for me. Maybe not AEW World, AWTNT, All-Atlantic. He could be a massive, massive Mm. deal in AEW because he's just so unbelievably talented and likable and credible and virtually everything you want to put in the babyface package, Mark Briscoe has it and he has his own interpretation of it. And we've said this for ages that the the Briscoes are are so talented in ring and and have been unfortunately overlooked until this tragedy is Sid alluded to there. But also, we were discussing in the office, not just the history between uh, Briscoe and Josh Woods, but also the fact it's kind of helpful that that sort of Ring of Honor stuff and you're talking world titles. Yep. That's it. Like, to both Cedric's points there, good sentiment is good. Uh, <laughs> this is pro wrestling, and I think Mark Briscoe is the Ring of Honor world champion elect. 
quite honestly. Like, no disrespect to Claudio. That'd be funny. I would... I'd want him on national television. Well, there is that too. I, I'm I'm just slotting the elite into every single segment on the show. Mark Briscoe could be getting beaten down by Smart Mark Sterling's goons. Out come the elite. The Young Bucks have got this great link to the Briscoes to make the save. The elite make the save, and then Mark Briscoe's like, eh, you guys. And then... FTR Mark Briscoe versus the Elite at Revolution for the bail. Oh, I'll take that on. See, this is it. This is the thing with the Elite. I'm such a hypocrite, man. I think he mucks up a couple of assholes. I love Kenny Omega as a singles wrestler. We're more than trios. I could find something against multiple different wrestlers on this card because I still want to watch it. Mm. God damn. But yes, a victory. The Young Bucks are the best tag team of all time, man. Who's better? I don't know. Who's those? Who's those? Uh, who's those? I don't actually know. I don't know. Not the Usos. Uh, do a good Young Bucks impression with their little super kicks. <laughs> the little super kicks. <laughs> More of a super kick gathering than a super kick. We were oh, having this up for a flan. We were having this conversation, like in character in the office. Yeah, what the talks bit, really, about who's better than the Young Bucks or FDR better than the Young Bucks? FDR versus Top Flight or Young Bucks versus Top Flight? I know which match was better. FDR have not a match. FTR versus Lucha Brothers or Young Bucks versus Lucha Brothers? Ugh, to both. I know. Shut up. It's Young uh, FTR versus Santana and Ortiz versus Young Bucks versus Santana and Ortiz. It keeps stacking them. <laughs> and uh, Young Bucks keep smashing them. <laughs> uh, Mark Briscoe to win, obviously. Yes. Against Josh Woods. Um, a lot of that came out of me saying, this would be a great match for the Elite. <laughs> What do you reckon, Sid? Should we have some fun with this one? F*** you, Hamlet. Um, I, I love the way this is worded. The world champion is contractually obligated to appear tonight in Laredo, Texas. I sense he's probably not going to be too pleased about it, especially considering what happened last week. Although he, he did get the, I was going to say the upper hand. He tried to rip Brian Anderson's arm out of his socket at the end of the night. Yeah, it's good stuff, this constant, like, and it should run forever, by the way, this running gag that MJF is only there because he has to be. It's never not worked in AEW. I wonder if this is a... He's a world champion, so it was awesome last week. I complimented the formatting of how he was all over the show as the world champion. He felt like the featured player. But, to our earlier point about the Revolution card looking like it needs a bit of bolstering elsewhere, maybe this is shorter by design. MJF comes out, flaps his gums. Brian comes out just kicks him straight in the face, or they finally have some sort of words that it's fairly simple, fairly straightforward, and on to the next thing. Like, they really hit a high point last week with this story, and I don't know that it needs to, like, keep chasing the next high between now and the pay-per-view. Maybe maybe that's just me. Like, I feel like last week was a really awesome emotional investment point for this story that we haven't yet had. Kind of completed the, well, closed the loop with Brian in terms of the, um, the matches he had to wrestle. Got it now. It's booked. MJF doesn't have to like it, but he's got to live with it, and that's it. Like it's it's the most set up thing they've got, so it's the thing that needs the least attention this week. I think that they are going to make it intensely personal over the next two weeks. I just got mm. a feeling like they're going to go big, big, big with this one. You it's said an, before it's an Iron Man match. People are scared of Iron Man matches. People are scared, unfounded for me, about the prospective quality of this match. I think they're going to go deeply personal in the verbal sparring. You know, there's people sending police reports after MJF's uh, confession. I love on all, last the little, show. all the little fed pilled Vincels trying <laughs> to get MJF cancelled off. Right, that idiot's confessed to a major crime on television. What an idiot. I will cancel him. Mm-hmm. But you've talked before, Sage, about, about the fact that they started in a your mum's a whatever, and now they're ramping up. That's always been the plan. Yeah, I said that all along. 
Um, let's talk Hangman Page versus Kip Sabian. Nervous about this one. I'm nervous about this one. Um, the thing is, is that Hangman Page should smash Kip Sabian. <laughs> Just beat him to a bloody pulp. What you could do here, right, in a play of contrasts, is that 10, Preston Vance, kind of has the measure of Moxley, or at least he can go sort of blow for blow with him until he gets choked out or whatever. What if they do the page, the Mox 10 thing with Page and Sabian? Just a total annihilation. Like, bleed him. Make him bleed through the box. Make him bleed. <laughs> Just annihilate him, yeah. smash him. And then Paige is like, I'm not around here. I'm going to knock John Moxley out just like I've knocked him out. The issue is that they really like Kip Sabian. The issue is that um, Kip Sabian went 15 minutes with Orange Cassidy for a title not too long ago. Mm. So I hope this isn't just a pointless back and forth. That's pretext for the, the closing promo after the post-match promo where Hangman Page can issue the challenge for Revolution after, like, what, 10 minutes of just three and a quarter star back and forth. I don't think that does anything for Page, but my worry is that they like Sabian. But maybe the idea that they've had Sabian in that slot against Cassidy, massive over-delivery, by the way, whatever I think about the character, which is not much, but maybe they can have that in people's minds. And then when Hangman Page beats him up, it's like, oh, Christ, he really means it right mm. now. He's really sort of... Informs so yeah, the shorter the better for me. The shorter the better. The shorter the better. It would be nice contrast because wasn't it Hangman Page and Kip Sabian that went way too long on that? Oh early my god, dynamite paper dailies. Yeah, first. it was fight, fight for, for the, the fallen. fallen. Was it? Was getting like, so that's quite a nice contrast to say. Yeah, you can unfortunately Sabian is where he is, but that's like part of Hangman Page's. Where it's like New Year, New Me kind of thing. That's like mm. part of his deal lately, hasn't it? He's kind of been a bit more of an asshole. Yeah. So like polishing him off. He was the nice guy that was failing back in 2019 yeah. and took ages to beat him. Crushing him here is very I want, much, him, cr I want him crushed. I am like, crushed. Hangman Page is telling everybody that he's not pissing about where in reality we know that there's still a lot of demons lurking underneath. That reminds me of another, another bugbear I have. Remember like when they really tried to experiment with the time limit draw? And yes. there was about two or three times when they really nailed the drama of it. Where's that gone? Hmm. Well, bring that back. Was Darby and Cody? Darby and Cody's was so good. Yeah. Darby and Cody's made Darby. Made yeah, Darby is a mainstream wrestler. They, they did it again. The second match, it went to like 17 minutes. Yes. So every near fall meant that little bit more. And then, was that the one where he hit the coffin drop and then immediately got revert because he was like, I've got it. And then he was like, oh, no. Yeah. They tried it with Cassidy a few times to less successful Page and Danielson, obviously, with the Page and Danielson. But um, I had something that needs to... Go back to it. Mm. It was, uh, yeah, good spot, drama. Good, spot, dra good spot, drama. Spot a few on this one. I like the, the squash. No offense to Kip Sabian. Hangman Page, uh, got Kip Sabian beat. Looks like he's setting up for the, uh, what's it called, Bookshot Lariat. Actually steps back in the ropes, hits him with a death rider, wanker sign. Then he hits him with a book. He's going to do it eventually. He's no. got a game really close against, was it Utah? Yeah. He did it, and I was like, just do the wanker symbol. Oh, forgot it. Do it again here. Good idea, that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know your thoughts on this. What, um, do they, what do they call it in America? The Jurikoff motion. Jurikoff. You're a Jagoff. You're a Jagoff. That's, is that Philly? Uh, uh, yeah, what, the Philadelphia Jagoffs? Is that their baseball team? <laughs> no, that's what they say. <laughs> I think Jagoff is, is a it? Philly Is that a Philly thing. team? I love Jagoff. Jagoff. It's my favorite. Matt LeBlanc says it in Friends blooper reels. Like where they get a line run. Jagoff. It's like, all right, Joey. <laughs> 
Uh, I really want to know your thoughts on this this eight man. Uh, obviously, the acclaim lost the tag titles last week. Uh, it's the acclaim Billy Gunn and Orange Cassidy versus Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, Satnam Singh, Sanjay Dutt. Obviously, awful news about Jerry Jarrett. Is that going to affect this match or Jeff Jarrett's as old school as it gets? I can't. I could be wrong about this. Like it, it's you know when a family member passes away, I would imagine. Especially if you've got a really complex relationship. Yeah, yeah. They've, they've got a complex and strange relationship, but it's you know been. Intrinsically tied to the business. Like, I would imagine Jeff Jarrett will wrestle tonight and maybe want to honour his dad. Like, you know, whether it's just black armband stuff or being the best Jeff Jarrett he can be and being like, look, I was, like, born into this industry and here I am now still living in it and all the rest of it. I don't think... I think if it figures in, it's only going to be in a nice way. Even Jeff Jarrett, the heel, it strikes me that he wouldn't want to particularly compromise that, even though AEW has shown time and time and time again that it will facilitate pretty much whatever mm. the parties want. It's a lovely promotion for that in difficult times for these wrestlers. So I imagine Jeff Jarrett will get the freedom to do what he likes with this because the match is pretty fluffy anyway. You could have absolute fun with it. I wonder if he will lose. I wonder if Jeff Jarrett will, like, take a pin tonight and do that that sort of thing where, like, there you go, that, that one was for dead. If the baby faces were set to go, if, you know, assuming that the baby faces were set to go. Because over. it's quite important, isn't it? Because all the tag stuff happened last week. It's a weird, ma- like, th- there's two things there, isn't there? There's a Jeff Jarrett paying tribute to Jerry, and will that be nice? Will it be sweet? Whatever. But the match itself is weird. I don't know if I like this. It'll be fun. It might, it's proper mileage may vary stuff depending on the extent of how much bollocks is in it. It's one of those as well, like, would I put... Three weeks away from Revolution, would I put... It's going to be very silly, this. I expect it to be very silly. Do I need silliness this close to Revolution, or do I really want to start taking the product seriously at large? Um, So I have reservations for it about the quality of the match in and of itself. But I'm also a little bit uh, concerned about... Right, when Cody lost the right to challenge... His world, world fell apart, and he had to embark on this odyssey to get back at MJF. When Hangman Page lost the World Tag Team titles, his quote was, I feel head-to-toe like poison, and he was devastated. He acclaimed doing some caper a week after some fun like party match caper, a week after losing their titles and scissoring. Like, I don't know, I haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. The case of the pro wrestling analyst, you are literally reviewing something that doesn't end. It's kind of an impossible dream job. So I don't know, but it does feel like a bit of a muck around. Yeah. Like, Billy Gunn gets it. Oh, they're still the acclaimed. They're still fun. You still like them. You can still scissor. You can still do fun matches like this, but they should be irate. Yeah. They come out like we had years and years and years of being furious that John Cena knows sold everything. Matt's caster just cuts around. Happy Kingston. Yeah, it's your go-to. Christ, Christ almighty, Kofi Kingston, yeah. Like, the idea that, like, the acclaimed would come out, Max Cass would do his rap, Anthony Bones would be fine. Like, Billy Gunn wouldn't even be picked. Oh, like, my sons have won the belts, but never mind, yeah. Like, that doesn't feel lived in at all. Yeah. Like, Billy Gunn maybe taking him to guitar because Anthony Bones moves out the way, and that further develops this thing where, like, like are, are Billy Gunn and the acclaimed as a relationship finished? Like, is that where this is headed? And it doesn't have to be this... Like Billy Gunn turns heel strictly and goes back to his sons, but is this this relationship is no longer bearing fruit for the three of them mm. like it was? And is this that way that they start to get to that? And the, the heels get a win, maybe the guns get a win without really getting a win. But that's less than ideal because that undermines your tag team champions. I don't I know this is that meta bit and it's like, well, we're putting the belts on them and they don't deserve them. But you run a risk of devaluing the belts at the end of it. Yeah, I just don't like the stupid know. game. I don't know. Uh Jungle Boy Jack Perry versus Brian Cage. <sighs> He just yeah. shrugged, by it's the way. Rampage is out this one, man. 
It's yeah, it's a rampage ass match. This. <laughs> <laughs> if all right, this is obviously an excuse to do something with Jungle Boy after the fact. So you can just call someone out with a promo or do something, right? Um, I don't need Cage to be the one that someone beats to make something else happen anymore. I've had this match very recently, and it was a fun little PWG three and a quarter. I don't need to see it again. Um, I don't know what, like, Paige is the new, like, Tony Khan, and I've said this before, Mega fans, hopefully forgive me, is that Brian Cage is the latest in a long line of, oh, I love you losing for six weeks. That's a device that Tony <laughs> Khan has. Jay Lethal, Bobby Fish, they've played this role before. Now it's Brian Cage's. You are going to lose several matches over the span of about two months where I can get my baby faces over and you can be an indirect partner of the people's stories. I find it a little bit tedious as a device. I find this particular version of it is getting tedious because Cage is quite one-dimensional. And I don't know what Jungle Boy does because this is not what he's doing. This is not the... This is the... This is the it's in a glorified in-action graphic. I would say Hook could do a swerve and just chin Jack Perry for saying, oh, I don't want to do Jungle Hook, actually. Hook should be pissed off. Mm. Feels like the relegated Janetti. I hate that phrase because Janetti was better than Michaels in The Rockers. Never really shown affection towards somebody. He did. And then that person said, oh, I'm done with you now. I should be absolutely furious. Mm. Or like, knocked. Upset. Made a kind of dick out of me there. Yeah. Jack, yeah. And Stokely Hathaway's still got... Uh, so yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. So I don't care. Is Brian Cage hiding Christian Cage? Because they've got the same name. Punk is two months... Contract does read Cage. <laughs> two months away, apparently, CM Punk Ooh. from making a comeback. That's by the by. Basically, Christian Cage suffered the exact same injury mm. at, like, around about the exact same time because it was at All Out where Punk, with a silly little high-five dive, <laughs> that he promised to retire because Darby Allen did it better. Maybe he shouldn't have been so arrogant. Uh, Christian Cage that was on the same night they had to do the squash That's came out with the arm so I'm looking at timelines here and can they finally do the cage match oh well maybe um, finally it is Ruby Soho versus Britt Baker versus Tony Storm will Ruby Soho finally pick a side no I'm the lone high guy on this match I liked the idea of it a few weeks ago when we didn't get it and I like the idea of it now I'm really into well, not this story. I'm really into Britt Baker's involvement in this story. Um, I, From the very beginning, I've loved the idea that I think is the story, but it's also very basic that you can't tell, that she's using this current situation to her advantage. She, It's the easiest thing in the world for her to be like, come on, homegrowns, come on, team. Whereas we've known for years now Britt Baker is all about Britt Baker. And especially when Jamie Hayter won the title, because we saw it literally the pay-per-view before, she didn't really want Britt ba uh, Jamie Hayter to win the title. She wanted to win it when she... Broke up that pinfall. Jamie Hayter went and did it anyway. So she's got it in the back of the mind that she wants. Yeah, uh, what? She, she, what she did was... Uh, We're gonna do it anyway. Wild. Yeah. We're gonna do it anyway. Oh. We're gonna do it anyway. Five past four was love with ladies night. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so anyway, I think uh, Ruby Soho won't decide. That'll be the tease. And Jim Ross might have a cup of coffee. When we get him in. <laughs> and Britt Baker will, like... Show herself to be like the best baby first version of her we've ever seen. Like you're going to see Britt Baker like she was in, uh, where's she from again? Britsburg, Pennsylvania. It's going to be that. She's going to lean in to be the full baby face to try and neg Ruby into making the call. But, you know, we're supposed to see something not right with you. 
Don't care less. This is a fed bad story. I've coined this. That's why I like it, isn't it? Yeah. That's why, that's why it's a bit of me, this. It's a fed bad storyline where it is now the turn of Tony Storm and Soraya. Oh, I see. Fed bad. I think like somebody in AW hates the fed at all times. Yes. Yeah, sorry, I get it now. Yeah, I yeah. thought you meant it was fed quality, and that's why I was into <laughs> it. Was like, <laughs> me too. A bit of both. Bit <laughs> column A, column B yeah. stuff, this, and I'm just not into it. Personal issues draw money, to paraphrase Jerry Jarrett. Yeah. That phrase has stuck in a lot of people's heads this week, and it's going to get weaponized. Who but wins? This is not a personal issue. Tony Storm, it's all about WWE. Don't care about that in AEW anymore. And Tony Storm hated working in WWE. Yeah. She left voluntarily. She wins here, though. So why is she repping them? Tony Storm wins here because Ruby Soho, I don't know, tries to do something and knocks Britt Baker for a loop, and then Tony Storm beats Ruby Soho, and Britt Baker's like, what did you do that to me for? Are you with them, are you? He loves it. I do like it. <laughs> well, let's not forget this week, we've had the women main event Monday Night Raw. We've had the women main event NXT. Oh, we're going to get the women main event Dynamite. It's time to play the game. Time to play the game. Nobody told it to be a wrestler, but at the same time, I feel like I'm punching down on Tamina. So I might, I might retire it. It's getting a bit cruel, I think. I'm only mean spirited to arseholes. Yeah, I don't know in real life. But. Yeah. Um, anyway, the, what is the uh, uh, what is the name of the game? But uh, what's the aim of the game here, Sige? The aim of the game to shine a harsh, glaring light on the obligatory token afterthought nature of the AEW Women's Division is to correctly determine between the three of us to the hour exact, minute exact, second exact. Time you hear the first note of the first woman to make her entrance entrance theme, so that really, really becomes a little bit obvious that there's a formula involved and it's pretty much the same every week because they just don't care to change it. Okay, and remember, there's a rhyme that will help you understand. Don't worry, guys. When the women come out to play, the main event ain't too far away. Except for last week. Yeah. <laughs> ages away. So we don't want to win this game. I'm at this point begging you to isolate the audio so I can press a button. <laughs> I just want Yuka Sakazaki's in America for Christ's sake. Mm. Have a Yuka Sakazaki match. Have more than one match with the women involved. Yeah. So that's the aim of the bloody game. The name of the game is Well, this is Ladies Night, and I'm thinking, <laughs> ooh, what a later. Uh, shout out as always to Adam Blair at Adam Wilton for for all the statistics, all the um, data. Thank you for this. Uh, Michael Hamlet, two correct guesses so far this year. Michael Sidgwick, two correct guesses so far this year. Me, complete zero. Rubbish. Um, yeah, but, but now talk about the score. <laughs> hey. <laughs> uh, and also, this week, uh, stepping up, the uh, the interim ladies' night uh, uh, collector is needed. The brilliant Jose Palomares at the Ho 11 on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, because Adam Blair off away doing a business ah. until March 6th. I hope that all goes well, Adam. I think he's and buying the bar. You, thank you, Jose, for uh, for stepping up with this one. He's put a picture of stacks with the words the underbus written on it as well. <laughs> that looks class. Uh, so, Hamlet, you won it last week, so you may as well go first. Oh, um, I, it, that's a lot of stuff, this, because they think the angle's hot and it is not. So I'll say 124. Oh. And 50 seconds. Balls me up there. I'll, I'll wait, to, wait, to, I'll wait to 
to give Sidgwick his, so he can run through the whole show. That gives you an advantage because he nails the run time. You know? I was going to go one, two, three, four, five. Nice. But I can't, that's too close to yours now. I was cheating. So I'll go uh, one hour, 17 minutes and 11 seconds. All right. I think that they are going to have a bit of a format nightmare. This card is loaded. Um, loaded with matches. I think it's just going to feel frantic and not the best way tonight. I've got that vibe of it's going to be a total rush job. Is it going to be a rush from the beginning of the show? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm just, I need to map it out of my head. I need to see what it looks like to work through my process, and I'll determine where the women's match is going to be. Oh, sorry. Okay. Just the one. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> boom, let's go ignite. I'm a fat cock in a flash of light. <laughs> Bring the boom down the mic. <laughs> Wednesday night, you know what that means? Is it steak or is it grits? I don't know. I'm at the diner again. I'm waiting until 10 o'clock for the rampage tape. Is it now Oh, well, I just love it when Jim Ross was buzzing for a dynamite because it was a town where he liked the steakhouse. <laughs> Great steakhouse there, Tony. I know, Jim, we got tickets to fucking sell. <laughs> oh, I don't want to go with a light. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it took a Steak, ma'am. <laughs> I don't think that's going to open the show. <laughs> Did you say, "Give me a knife, give me a knife, give me your order, give me your order"? I thought you said, "Give me a knife." No, the stars <laughs> out. It's all to do with getting a steak dinner. He loves his steak dinners. He, he absolutely loves a bloody steak dinner, doesn't he? What? I know what main events. That's Texas Tornado. Yes. What opens this? That, that's when you can tell you got a bit of a weak card. Hangman, straight out of gate. Straight out of the yeah, gate. Yeah, they like a big theme, don't they? Like one of the stars. Okay, okay. Yeah. 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 Some of the fat cock in a flashlight. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Run through the Wednesday night, you know what that means? Well, no, no, sit down, but not at the commentary desk. I'll just go and get a steak dinner. Steak dinner. Jimmy Hart version of Ennio Morricone. And uh, one hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not what we were doing then for a second. One hour and like 29. Whoa. That's late. 31. So if they go first hour again, might finally it's get yours this week, yeah. Uh, right, well, let us know your thoughts ahead of AW Dynamite tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, well, actually, you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. If you want the uh, reveal for Ladies Night in advance, you can follow at the Ho 11 for Jose Palomares taking care of all the uh, statistics for Ladies Night tonight. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to... Yeah. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Our NXT review, particularly good today. Well worth checking that out. And, of course, our Dynamite review will drop into your feeds tomorrow as soon as it is released. But for now, this has been the Dynamite Preview. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us. And we... See you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.